As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi there, this is The Athletic Football Podcast and with the Premier League away for the weekend, it's time to take stock of the season so far. I'm Adam Leventhal. We are going to have a Premier League round table. Just taking the opportunity in this international break with the season just under a third way through. Uh, my guests for this are Nick Miller. How are you, Nick? As he sips a coffee in front of me. It's a cup of tea. It's a very strong cup of tea. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. You're pretty set? Good. Yeah. Ready to assess? Yeah. H- enough has happened that we can draw some hasty conclusions, I think. <laughs> so do enough has happened that's mm. the that should be the tagline of this episode enough has happened for us to get our teeth into it um alongside me also Kiva o'neill how are you i'm very well thanks for having me liverpool are doing well aren't they they're doing all right yeah i think that that looting game kind of brought them back down to earth which i think they probably needed ahead of what's to come and that's man city luton can do that though that can bring you right down to earth um jay harris you are also here. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. How yeah. are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm actually I'm 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 hurting a little bit actually. I was playing football last night and I jarred my heel. So <sighs> so worried. can I just check? Mm. So you were in Lisbon yesterday and you got back in time to play football. Yeah. I respect that commitment. I got no That's I a green back. flag in, in my eyes. Oh thank you. No worries. Oh good. <laughs> Excellent. Uncle Adam has done well. <laughs> good. Okay, let's start our show at the top of the table. So it all looks rather familiar at the top of the Premier League. Guess who are top? It is Manchester City. They have 28 points. They've won nine of their 12 games, one draw, two defeats. But it is very tight behind them. Liverpool are just one point back with 27. The same uh, as Arsenal on 27 points. And then Spurs are two points back on 26. And then you've got Aston Villa on 25. Three points separating the top five. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in, in previous seasons when um, City have had sort of proper challenges, there's only really been one every season. It was Liverpool for a few seasons and it was Arsenal last season. So it would be terrific fun if there were sort of two, three, four of them. 
snapping up their heels, even though I, I, I think City will eventually win it. But um, Yeah, is that nailed on? Let's get, let's get stuck into this. You know, they're top now. Sometimes they might have had sort of a little bit of... Uh, warming up into the season, but they're top now, and it's it just feels like okay, they're just going to kick in, or they're going to go through the gears. Let's say, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to be more optimistic that someone else is going to win it. They've obviously had a couple of wobbles, lost to Wolves, lost to Arsenal, but they usually sort of lose a slightly odd game in most seasons, and then when February comes around, they just kind of, you know, kick into God mode and they mm. don't barely lose any. Any other games, and the other thing is that they're, they're top of the table and they haven't got their best player. I haven't had their best player for all but about twenty minutes of the season. Yeah. So De Bruyne is, I think De Bruyne is probably going to be back soonish. Um, and then it will be over. Well, <laughs> well, quite possibly. I mean, I don't want to kind of step on the rest of the the pod here. I mean, we we could just finish it here and and all go home. Well, that's great. That's really great. <laughs> that's great. But no, I, look, it, it is tight. And we do have that next game after the international break, um, Manchester City against Liverpool. So Nick has made the, the case for Manchester City. Kiva, it's over to you to make the case for Liverpool. Obviously, Jurgen Klopp's going to be pissed off about the fact that it's another 12.30 kickoff off the back <laughs> of an international break, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. But this game is important. There is only one point in it. And if Liverpool could go to the Etihad and win, it would strengthen the case for Liverpool to win the title. Are you... Are you on that page? Are you thinking, actually, this is going to be our season to get back in there? Yeah, I think I've had the Man City game circled for a long time when Liverpool started the season as well as they did because it just always feels like that is the defining fixture and has been when Liverpool and City have battled for titles in the past. I think if you beat City and Liverpool would then go ahead of them, I think that just sends out that little shockwave. And I think Liverpool fans would then truly believe, OK, well, they beat City, they're the best team in the league. Now, what can they go and do? And I don't think Liverpool actually have to win it. I think a draw is good enough. But I also think defeat and Liverpool a Liverpool performance, similar to the one against Tottenham, they lost that game. But everyone I know supports Liverpool was like, right, these can go all the way this season because I think sometimes a performance can kind of give you that even if a result doesn't. Jay, in third place, Arsenal. They're your team, <laughs> as we all know. You're an Arsenal fan. You cover Brentford. Every week. You're just going to do this every time I'm on from yeah, Of course, from you, you're, you're, okay. proud, you're proud. I've got proud, to own it. Proud Arsenal fan, exactly. In terms of how they have done so far and what you could see them achieving this season, could they go one better? Or is this start of the season may, maybe made you think, oh, no, it's, it's, again, we're not going to be able to challenge City? Um, I think there's been some positive signs. Um, one of them definitely being Declan Rice, the way he's just kind of settled into that um, team straight away has been magnificent. I remember chatting to somebody a couple of weeks ago, a good friend of mine, who's basically saying, you know, wouldn't be surprised if Declan Rice ends up becoming Arsenal's captain. He's just got that those leadership qualities and just seems to be leading from the front with his performances on the pitch as well. Obviously, the Chelsea game stands out with that goal. We kind of just dragged Arsenal to a point from out of nowhere. They were dreadful for the vast majority of that game. I think the problem with Arsenal at the moment is that they obviously spent a lot of money on Kai Havertz in the summer and he's still adjusting. He's not done anything dreadful. He's not done anything magnificent. He's just okay at the moment. Um, I think Arteta's still trying to work out 
what his best defence is in terms of some games we see Zinchenko start there. He's obviously very good on the ball, but maybe a little bit less or more limited defensively. Sometimes you see Tomiyasu start there, who's great defensively, but more limited going forward. Obviously, Jesus being injured. I think the, the criticism of Eddie Nketiah is that he can score a hat-trick against Sheffield United with his eyes closed, but when he comes up against Newcastle, Man United, Chelsea... Although he has actually scored against both those teams before, they tend to be the games where he struggles a little bit more and that's where you need a, a striker with X-Factor. So I think at the moment, I don't feel like Arsenal will go and win it. I feel like they'll go close, but I still just think they're not quite the complete package yet. Um, and obviously I mentioned Jesus, Thomas Partey's out injured at the moment as well. Um, if Declan Rice suddenly got injured and they were forced to play Jorginho week in, week out, I'd be really worried about how they survived against some sterner tests. I think mentally it takes so much out of you to battle against Man City. And it was, I think, like a lot of Liverpool fans were almost like grateful that everyone could see that through the lens of Arsenal going head to head with them. And we're going to see that again this season. And if we do, you know, whether it is Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham and whoever else, you can stay around them for as long as possible. Um, it, it just feels inevitable that it will end in pain and joy for Man City as well. The next couple of games for Tottenham are interesting because they take on Aston Villa who are in fifth, Tottenham in fourth currently, and then they play against Manchester City themselves, uh, also at the Etihad. Are we ruling out Tottenham from from being title challengers simply by the fact that you know their, their craziness has just got the better of them over the last <laughs> couple of games? Yeah, I think it's less the... Slightly less the craziness, more the, the fact that I think people... Even though they started the season so brilliantly, people knew that this was going to happen at some point. That they, you know, they'll get a couple of key injuries, and mm. their squad just kind of isn't good enough to um, to sort of sustain that. At the start of the season, they just seemed they just seemed happy to have a manager who didn't look like he was doing them a massive favour by being there. Yeah, um, and hating every minute. Yeah, exactly, and hating Think, everyone around him, thinking that this was all beneath him. Yeah, you know, so. From that respect, I don't think it's a. It's not. It was obviously not a complete disaster that they they're not going to challenge for the title. They would be. I, I expect we'll be delighted with you know fifth or something, um, come the end of the season. So yeah, it's not sort of. We're not. It's not some kind of massive disrespect to Tottenham. I don't think by by ruling them out of challenging for the title. Do you think a signing for the likes of Tottenham or Arsenal or even Liverpool, if we if we need something new? to topple Manchester City could could make the difference? Jay? Possibly. I don't know if you're purposely trying to edge me into a should Arsenal sign Ivan Tony question. Which Go on I, then. I feel like you're, it's you're the Jay Harris Venn diagram. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I did say, didn't I, that the, the kind of problem Arsenal have at the moment is that Jesus has picked up a couple of injuries and he I think he was out for a six, seven, eight games last season as well but it coincided with the World Cup or he picked it up during the World Cup yeah. so maybe didn't have the, yeah. the impact it could have had um, so that's two seasons in a row where you're missing him for a reasonable chunk of the season we've already addressed that Nketi is maybe not at the the level to be a starting striker if you want to win the league so certainly for Arsenal looking at Ivan Tony, whether they can afford him or not is a different question would certainly give them an extra boost um, but something Kiva said actually made me think maybe the difference in the title race this season and Nick said it as well is the fact that it won't be Liverpool on their own trying to take down Man City it won't be Arsenal on their own um, trying to take down Man City and the fact that that collective pressure that City have to 
constantly go, despite being chased by two or three teams, might actually be the thing that kind of rattles them a little bit more. Because let's say they, you know, they beat Liverpool next Saturday or whenever it is, Arsenal win anyways, and they kind of like just keep chasing after them regardless. Maybe, maybe that's going to be the secret. We're sort of clutching at straws, though, aren't we? Really? You've got, you've got, when when you're up against Man City, they don't City, seem to be they don't seem to be affected to. by pressure, do they? Maybe it's occasionally the thing- though. I feel like they are. You know, in the battles with Liverpool over the seasons, I think particularly those games, Pep Guardiola has occasionally just been like on the sidelines, just you know going crazy, and you've kind of thought, I think something is affecting them. So I do think it can, but it's it takes so much to do that to really like knock them off the path it's going to take a lot from either of those teams really so we're thinking that the teams that we've discussed Manchester City Liverpool and Arsenal are going to make it into the top five and just incidentally we're talking about a top five rather than a top four because it's looking ever more likely that Premier League teams will be represented by five teams in the Champions League next season it depends on the performance and coefficients and all that but who do you think will be joining those three teams in the top five? Tottenham are obviously there in fourth. Aston Villa in fifth. Do we see, I mean, do we go down as far as Chelsea in, in tenth to, to potentially make it into the top five the way that they seem Something's to have now clicked? with Chelsea, isn't yeah. it, at the minute? It just feels like the tide has turned and they've kind of realised that whatever it is, Pochettino and everything seems to just be clicking. But I feel like with them, it could just unclick also in the next game. It's kind of that. I'm not feeling. I'm not completely convinced because the point was made that Man City and Tottenham were kind of like the perfect opponents for Chelsea because they needed to run into space behind a high line and play against teams that were going to hold on to the ball a lot. Whereas when they were coming up against Brentford, who just put five players behind the ball, they had no idea what to do. And that's often a criticism of Pochettino's teams. So I don't know who their next game is after the international break off the top of my head, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's against a team in the lower half of the table. You'll suddenly Newcastle away. Newcastle away. Well, it's going to be a struggle regardless of that game. But it wouldn't surprise me if... Throughout the rest of the season, Chelsea do kind of step up to the occasion against big six sides. Yeah, because they did that, I think, against Liverpool in the opening game. I thought they were terrific and was like completely shocked by the performances after that. And then they were like, there's a very similar game against Forest. Yeah. They were awful in that game. I mean, as I'm sure it was the same uh, against Brentford, five or six players strung across the, the edge of the penalty area and they just sort of passed it sideways out of about 30 yards out for about an hour of the game. Um, so yeah I think there's just with Chelsea there's still too many young players trying to find their feet and trying to get 11 players to do that all at once certainly more encouraging signs I don't think they're going to finish 10th where they currently are but I don't see them the other teams that are fighting for that top four top five spots I think are just more cohesive the likes of Manchester United in 6th Newcastle no, in 7th I wouldn't say Man United are cohesive but uh, well, form, no but they're there form team they in the Premier there. League last six games they're, they're, they're... they grind out wins I was at the last game against Luton and like it was so boring like there was moments from Bruno Fernandes which were ridiculous some of his touches and that was about it like nothing else happened um, and I was just watching it thinking, like, they're going to win 1-0, and they did. Um, and that's kind of their feeling at the minute, and they probably will continue to do that and then occasionally sort of mess up and then win 1-0 again. That's kind of the vibe I got from them watching them. OK, that's enough about the top. And to be brutally honest, Kiva, you've mentioned Luton far too many times already, but we are now <laughs> going to uh, head to the uh, bottom of the Premier League. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So let's head down to the basement, where the cobwebs are, the strugglers are, the darkness lives. Where anything that you want to sell on the repair shop. Exactly. You need to take it from the bottom three into the repair shop. If you don't know what we're talking about, don't worry about it. There is a link. And you know what? There may well be something to do with the repair shop coming back on future episodes if that makes you come back you're weird but <laughs> we'll try anything are you going on the repair shop no this i'm not going your... what to try and repair me because i'm broken well i, I mean I, I was thinking more of family heirloom but if you want to think yeah you know, your your body and spirit then that, that that might be a bit of a challenge for them if i, I come back on next week's show re-upholstered with leather on yeah. my uh, on my upper body then <laughs> that would be quite <laughs> That would be quite fun. Replacing your injured heel. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what, with a little, like a little, like one of the little wheels that, that you yeah. put on the bottom. Yeah, that like a, an injured dog. Yeah, that would be mm. quite handy. Anyway, so let's just get to the detail here. Luton are in 18th. They have six points. Sheffield United are 19th. They have five points. And Burnley, they are rock bottom with only four points. 15 points between those three teams combined. You have to go back to 1998 for the last time all three promoted teams were relegated back to the second tier. Little quiz. Can anyone name those three teams that came up and got flushed straight back down the Premier League toilet? So, which was 97, 98? Yeah, it, uh, it went down. Yeah. Barnsley were one of them. Yes, think, correct. Ping! Not Ipswich. No. I'm kind of going around the country in my head and trying to figure it out. But Cool. Okay, we'll just keep us posted. Talk uh, amongst Crystal yourselves, Kiva. Crystal Palace, correct. Yep. Ting! That's two out of three. Uh, no, not Sunderland either. They were in the... We're going to have to push you for an answer here. Yeah, yeah. very good, Kiva. Okay, That's can good. you, can you give me a clue? Uh, rhymes with Halton. Uh, Aston Villa. No, Bolton uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wanderers. Correct. Yeah. Ting! Well done. That's three out of three, Nick. Well done. Thanks, mate. Um, really good. Kiva, you co-authored a piece on The Athletic this week Asking if promotion has been worth it for the fans of these clubs. What conclusions did you come to? For Luton fans, absolutely, yes. Ah, Luton. It's, it's all Luton. The bloody fairy tale of Luton Town. covered them for like eight town. games or something, so, you know, I'm yeah. going to talk about them. Go on, then. Um, their are they fans your are second just... club? Yeah, oh, pretty much God. now. Don't let your Watford bitterness spill through into <laughs> no, this. exactly. You're not sensing anything, I mean, No, no not no. at all. No, it is tram, yeah, still. Sorry. Oh, good. Um, but anyway, so uh, the fans are just absolutely riding the waves. They're like they're enjoying like speaking to them outside Old Trafford. It was like they kind of knew that they were going in probably to lose, and I feel like they'll go into a lot of games with that feeling this season. But like the unbridled joy to do that is something to behold. Mm. You know, like it is an old school like, adventure story, isn't it? This yeah, one? definitely. And the setting up then to sort of. Um, 
like challenge to come back if they do go down. You know, they haven't spent a lot of money. They haven't just started, you know, trying like ridiculous things to stay. Like they're sort of like, I get the feeling like it's okay if they go back down because they're like, they feel in a better place than ever to then challenge to get promoted again. I think the feeling with having watched a bit of Bournemouth as well, I just feel like if they can get on a run, I know obviously they beat Newcastle recently. I think um, things are just starting to click for them a little bit. And I think if they open up like six points, nine points, then I just see the bottom three completely marooned and struggling other than the games against each other to maybe escape um, is the feeling I get. Is it unfair for us to just be calling this this relegation fight now that it is going to be the three promoted teams? Jay? Um, I was just going to say on Bournemouth that um, they statistically had the hardest start in the league. So I don't think it's really a surprise that they've kind of had to try and adjust to a new manager in quite difficult circumstances. And now they've got two wins in their last three. Um, and I also thought in some of their other performances at the beginning of the season that they were pretty good. Like I'm a big fan of Dominic Solanke. I think he's now scored as many goals this season as he's ever managed in the Premier League before. Um, and I'm a fan of Iriola and what he's trying to do there. So I always felt like if he was given enough time that things would turn a corner and it has done. In terms of, is it fair for us to kind of write this off already? As Kiva's alluded to, the finances that Luton are working with is just minuscule compared to the other teams in the Premier League, even compared to other teams in the bottom half of the Premier League. Um, it's really an uphill battle for them to stay here. With Sheffield United, they sold two of their best players um, Ilman and Jaya to I think he went to Marseille in the summer mm-hmm. Sanderberg went to Burnley so straight away you're telling Paul Heckenbottom <laughs> good good luck mate you're not getting any shiny trinkets he, they've done the opposite of, uh, of Nottingham Forest and then Burnley I've said it a couple of times now but obviously full credit because they went on this grand cultural revolution under Vincent Company and it worked really well in the um, in the championship last year but they just look incredibly naive when you watch them um, I keep waiting for them to like do something and, and have they done anything yet that's like really sort yeah. of no they've lost 10 out of 12 I, I feel like won one and drawn one and that's that's it I feel like maybe on Company's the pedigree of his playing career everybody's been a bit like ah Company will be fine you know he'll find some sort of magic formula and it just looks so silly. Like that goal they conceded against Bournemouth where Billing chips Trafford. It's just like, it's just the worst possible goal you could concede when you're in that position because you're trying to emphasise playing out from the back and, you know, being quite fancy in possession and you just, your goalkeeper gets lobbed because he's too high off his line. It must be quite like a, a kick in the teeth. Um, and I remember when they lost to, to Brentford, so this was before they lost to... Um, uh, Bournemouth and had the other results that they had company was like this is a tough moment but I believe we'll you know this is where you find the most about yourselves and I just thought if that's not a manager kind of in the last chance saloon kind of smelling of desperation a little bit then I don't know what is they're also going to be uh, Lyle Foster's probably been their best player this season and he's of course out for you know we don't know yeah. how long for mm. so yeah there's not a not a huge amount of optimism for them to do anything else there for the neutral, looking at the, the relegation scrap, we're hoping that one of the low-hanging fruit uh, continue <laughs> to be low-hanging fruit and that fruit starts to rot and to smell <laughs> and to drop and to fall away. So we're looking for the likes. Of, I mean, we've, we've discussed Bournemouth and they seem to be in a good moment. We all say that now, don't we? A good moment. Isn't that ridiculous? It's a good moment. Um, but the others, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Nick. Mm. What's happening at Nottingham Forest? For people who don't know, because it's sort of in that 
mid-table mediocrity area. 13 points, so they're 7 points above the drop zone. But they're not really moving with any sort of purpose at the moment. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, it probably is. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, one step forward, one and a half back, possibly. Beat Aston Villa at home, then kind of lost quite avoidably to West Ham. I think a lot of people, possibly because the, the bottom three are kind of so cut adrift, this does seem to be a, well, yeah, Forest will be fine vibe, which I don't, which is not sort of fair, I don't think, that, that they could quite easily get sucked in. But I, the, the home form is so good that I think they'll probably pick up enough points. This is going to be a season where probably... You, you might get away with getting like early, 15 points well yeah i mean yeah i mean you might get away with getting more realistically like 32 yeah. points something like that i could see like 34 or something like that being and enough forest could easily i don't like, think you're going to need that many well i don't want to be completely disrespectful <laughs> do you know what i mean well it's yeah. just, you know you you might be able to survive with a very very low yeah. points total yeah so i think everyone kind of knows that the the there is the the very strong possibility that Steve Cooper will get sacked at some point um, he's a bit like Charlie Brown, isn't he? There's that there's that cloud with the rain, and yeah. it seems to follow him around. Basically, Maranakis is the cloud. Uh, and he's, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but the, there is the kind of looming threat of him getting rained on slash being being sacked at some point. Obviously, with Cooper, there is that 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 doubt. Marco Silva signed a new contract at Fulham, and currently they are looking a little bit precarious. They're just above uh, Bournemouth in 16th. Everton seem to be heading in the right direction. Roy Hodgson doesn't seem like at any point he's going to get relegated from the Premier League. And then above that, you've got Wolves, Brentford, etc., etc. And they are then sort of, they look to be clear. So we're just hoping that one of the low-hanging fruit have a bit of crisis. And to be brutally honest, we're hoping it's it's Forrest just to see what happens to you, We, sh- we should say with... Uh, We're not, I love Forrest. I love Forrest. I went to university in Nottingham and I yeah. love Forrest and I, I think they're a great club mm. and all that sort of history. Try so, to turn that no, around. No, 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 quickly, no, I do. <laughs> I do. I'm just doing it because you're here. And Brentford aren't getting it because they're so bloody well Brentford. run and good and organised and data-driven and smug. We should mention that obviously Everton do have... Premier League charges hanging over them. Oh, very good. So there is the potential of a points deduction. Good facts. So if any apples are about to fall from the tree, maybe they're a better bet than... They're not going to slap them with enough. I reckon they could probably (laughs) get a 12-point penalty, go back down to two and still stay up. But they're not going to probably get a 12-point penalty anyway. I mean, it it wouldn't be a surprise if they did get a penalty. I'd be quite surprised if it was applied this season because yep. Everton will appeal and that'll it'll drag on for ages and ages and you know, who knows what's gonna happen after that. So. Much like at the top with Manchester City and their three thousand charges from the uh, from the Premier League as well. That's just dragging on and on and on. But let's make sure this podcast doesn't <laughs> drag on and on. Our standout players and our moments of the season are next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Right, so let's get stuck into some of the, the themes of the season so far. And one for me has been the, I don't know, the, the extra sort of elements that we've seen with VAR. In particular, obviously we've had wrong decisions, but being able to hear what's happening in the VAR room. Ha- has that been uh, an enjoyable peek behind the curtain for you, Nick? Uh, no. Um, I mean, I suppose it's enjoyable in as much as we got the one of the great catchphrases of the season, great process, lads, or whatever it was. Yeah. Well done, boys. Yeah, well done. Yeah, that's right, yeah, well, great process. <laughs> check complete, check complete. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Off. Thank you, mate. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, boys, on-field decision was offside. Are you, are you happy with this? Yeah. Are you happy with this? Offside decision. Go. Yeah. For people who aren't familiar with what that is, explain. It was from the uh, Tottenham-Liverpool game yeah. when uh, the Luis Diaz goal was incorrectly uh, ruled offside because there was a, a huge mess in the uh, the VAR booth. Um, which Baron was, England didn't have a good day, did he? You, uh, and, um, yeah, th- they initially said, yeah, well done, lads, great process, we've sorted that out, and then until a kind of lowly underling said, yeah, no, you haven't. Yeah, um, but it was too late. But it was too late. Yeah, they've restarted. Yeah. Can't do anything. No. So, yeah, I mean, there just seems to be been a huge, like, I don't know, increase in... Everything is now... Every, every decision that you kind of faintly disagree with, and managers have been not singling anyone out particularly because a few of them have done it, uh, any decision that you kind of slightly disagree with now has now become a great scandal, has now become how dare... You know, this is this is a yet another uh, tragedy that has been put upon us. Well, let's not beat around the bush. Mikel Arteta. Well, Mikel Arteta is the, the, the kind of biggest one. And there was a lot of... T- it wasn't... Pochettino so much but there was a lot of stuff about um, the uh, first penalty again in the Chelsea City game when Erling Haaland and Cucurella loads of people were just saying I can't this is you know this is yet another catastrophic failure yeah you could have given that as a penalty you could have given it as not but now because this sort of level of outrage has increased so much everyone is disgusted with every decision that has slightly gone against them. What I was going to say in terms of VAR was that the whole point of it was to was to uh, correct clear and obvious errors. But as Nick said, it's not used to just analyse anything that's remotely marginal, whether it's a handball in slow motion, whether it's a tackle in slow motion. We've kind of moved away from the point of what VAR was introduced for. But on the other hand, be careful what you wish for because Chelsea played Real Madrid in the Women's Champions League last night. There's no VAR, and there were two horrendous decisions which have prevented Chelsea from beating Real Madrid. So one of them is Fleming Fowles, a Real Madrid player, outside of the box. The referee gives it as a penalty. Real Madrid equalise. And then Neve Charles equalises in like the 95th minute of the game. And it's dis- I don't know if it's disallowed for an offside or what, but it's the wrong decision and Chelsea have been robbed. So there's no VAR there. So you're getting some people saying, let's go back to these magical days before VAR when we didn't argue that much. It was like we were arguing just as, as yeah. much before then. The arguments don't stop. Um, but at the same time, when you're watching football outside of the Premier League, you just don't even get engaged with whether there's going to be a VAR check, obviously because it's not there. And it is actually quite joyful. You just roll with the punches a little bit more. Um, some of the other trends that you've you've picked out this season so far, is there anything that stick out, Nick? I don't know if it's a, a, a trend so much, but 
it seems like there's been quite a lot of chaos yes. in games. You know, we've had an 8-0 and we've had a 4-4 and we've had, while, you know, 4-1 doesn't look that crazy on the, the face of things, that Chelsea Spurs game was one of the madder matches that I'm sure we've all watched. So I don't know. I, I haven't got any kind of grand theory to explain it all. Um, in particular, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, maybe maybe there is a sort of element of recency bias. But, the, the but like, you know, Tottenham scored goals in the sort of 95th and the 99th minute or whatever it was against Sheffield United and Arsenal Arsenal went 2-1 down against Manchester United and somehow ended up winning 3-1. Maybe it's because some managers aren't quite so so sort of keen on controlling the every moment of the game. Who knows what it is really, but yeah, there does seem to be have, have been a, a lot more chaotic moments in this season. Jay I've realised I've got two. Oh, I'm go on be, then. I'm going to be greedy. Can I have one? No, go on, Karen. <laughs> one of them is injuries seem to be bad at every club this year. Again, I don't have a grand theory for that. Maybe it's easy to say, well, it's the after effect of having a World Cup in the middle of the season last year that's finally coming home to roost, if you want to put it that way. Um, and then the other one was... Man United always seem to be one result away from perpetual crisis at the moment. Mm. Um, I think Kiva mentioned earlier, I think they've actually won four of their last five, but it really doesn't feel that way. It just feels like they are stuck in the mud at the moment. Well, they haven't that, drawn any games, so it's really on a knife edge. Well, there you go. And, the, um, you know, we're coming on to moments of the season in a minute. And I hate to say it as someone who covers Brentford, but when Brentford lost to Man United, that was absolutely bonkers they just seem to somehow be very close to some sort of full-blown calamity and then somehow just pull it back for one week two week three weeks and then the cycle goes again so i was reading a, a, an article put together by the the good people at opta um and obviously you know we do a lot of good work with with opta with our data and and stuff like that and our articles but it was really interesting and i wanted to do um, a very, very quick fire roundup of the 20 teams. That sounds like maybe an impossible thing. But I wanted you to pick for the 20 teams the most indispensable player within those teams so far this season. And it's backed up by Opta data. I'm not going to be able to go into all of the data so, details. So can I ask? Yes. It's a case like if you took that player's goals and assists... But maybe even, but yes, exactly. Overall contributions is backed by data. So stuff okay. like true tackles. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I only said that because ta- I knew <laughs> true tackles. True ta- No, look, I'm 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 all in for data. I think it's I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. Right. So I will say the team. You have to say the most indispensable player so far, and we will do this. I'm looking at the uh, producer John's uh, face, and he's he's just saying, "Get on with it. Get on with it," because this is going to take ages. So we'll try and do it within a minute. Okay. Here we go. Arsenal. Rice. No. Uh, Martinelli. No. Saka. No. Martin Odegaard. Mm, You're zero. Okay. Zero so far. Aston Villa. Uh, Watkins. No. Douglas Luiz. No. Diaby. No. John McGinn. Mm. Bournemouth. Solanke. Solanke. Yeah. Correct. We've got our first one. Brentford. Matthias Jensen. No. And Brian and Boomer. Yes. Correct. Uh, Brighton. Matoma? Correct. Matoma. Uh, Burnley, we spoke about him and they're going to miss him. Life Foster. Exactly. Chelsea? Cole Palmer? No. Sterling? No. Thiago Silva? Correct. Crystal Palace? Back in the team? Eze? Correct. Uh, Everton? Uh, Decore? No. Branthwaite? No. 
McNeil? No. Anana. No. <laughs> Pickford. No. <laughs> oh, I'm not playing. Keep us happily sitting yeah. this out. Dominic uh, Calvert Lewin. Fulham. Leno. No. Palinia. Palinia, correct. Liverpool. Kiva. Mohamed Salah. Thank you. Uh, Luton. Think. Thomas Kaminsky. Correct. Oof. He's been in great form. Manchester City. Missed him for a little bit. Rodri. Correct. Manchester United. You mentioned him earlier, Kiva. Fernandez. Yes, correct. Newcastle. Trippier. Yeah, Trippier, exactly. Oh. Uh, Nottingham Forest. Probably Awoni. No. 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 Oh, interesting. Uh, Mangala. No. There's that little flick with that goal earlier on oh, in the season. Gibbs White. Yeah, correct. Uh, Sheffield United. Tough one. Norwood. Correct. Oh, Very nice. good. Tottenham. Not going to be there for a while. Madison. Exactly. West Ham. Bowen. Bowen. Must be Bowen. And Wolves. Neto. Pedro Neto. And who has the most assists this season in the Premier League? Pedro Neto, I'm guessing. Pedro Neto with seven. Wow. Good, eh? Let's deal with the, the signings of the season. One of those was mentioned there, and it's it feels like James Madison was, and now they're gonna they're really gonna struggle without him, Tottenham. Yeah, I think I mean the that you, there's no point in uh, over uh, complicating this I think it is Madison but there are a few others Declan Rice Moose Diaby has been very exciting to watch um, Vicario would be my my other shout um, he I, I don't know whether it's a sort of surprise thing given that I didn't really know a huge amount about him before he joined but he's he's been superb uh, for Tottenham so yeah Any other nominations for signing of the season? I was just going to say Madison and Rice so uh I'm Any Liverpool now. players in particular? I, th- I feel like Dominic Soboslai has been definitely a signing of the season, but recently that's dipped just a little bit. Oh, have you gone but, off him a little bit? No, ju- I just feel like there's been moments when you still feel like there's a little bit of work to do. He's he's magnificent, some of the yeah. passes he plays, but I think particularly when he runs with the ball into his own box sometimes, he he's lost it a couple of times. Um, recently, I think against Bournemouth and Luton, and that was just a little standout for me. He's magnificent, as I've said, and in a few months we could be like talking about him in the same way we was not long ago. Definitely. Okay, fine. So we're giving it to James Madison so far, yeah. are we? Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, quick shouts for games of the season. I'll give you uh, one each. Jay, you can go first. I have to do Tottenham Chelsea. It's just too funny. Yeah. It's too chaotic. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. I like, just couldn't couldn't stop laughing at the end. Like I actually wanted that dire goal to stand just for the pure yeah. chaos of it all. Um, it- so yeah, I picked that one. Kiva? I think I've missed all the best games. <laughs> Honestly, you've so been hanging around Kenilworth Road. Just watching all Luton. Yeah. Um, although their draw with Liverpool was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was. It was a good game. I feel I missed, I caught the end of the Chelsea Man City game, like the last 15 minutes. So I feel like, you know, when you watch the last 15 minutes, so you feel a little bit a part of a part of it, but not fully. I missed the Tottenham Chelsea game and I've missed like all of the other. I missed the Liverpool Tottenham game actually as well. I feel like I've missed the most exciting games this season. So I don't know what to say. Right. What are you going to say? Sort of like Luton won, Wolves won I've, or something? No, because actually I've not watched Luton you win do- either. <laughs> Luton have won the season. They've got some park against Everton, but I was not there for it. Okay. Well, we'll move on then. Nick? Uh, you told us we're only allowed one, but uh, I'm going to annoy you. I'm going to take two. Oh, um, okay. And the, 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 
they're both not necessarily just for the whole game, but for the way they ended. We mentioned the mentioned it earlier. Arsenal, Manchester United. Ah, yes. Where United thought they were gone two Through two Garnacho. one ahead. Yeah. Lots of kind of aerial shots of fans streaming out and going yes. to the and then looking very confused about twenty minutes later when they check the phone to see that Arsenal actually won three yeah. one. I and also missed that game. Uh, honestly. What are you doing on the weekend? <laughs> Literally going to watch Luton. <laughs> <laughs> the other one um, was. Newcastle won Liverpool two, which seems like it was about three years ago, but it was oh, right yes. at the start of the season. Nunes, Nunez, yeah. Nunez. just when we thought Nunez would hit some form, and then he just is erratic again. Sorry, I but did true. see that game. Yeah, I did. But that yeah. was a great turnaround, wasn't it? It was superb. The Liverpool ten men for it was about seventy minutes of the game or something like that. Van Dijk was sent off quite early on. Yeah, and then popping up with those two brilliant goals at the end. Goals of the season now. There are many contenders. Um, there's, one on, there's one on this list that I'd forgotten about, which it probably should be, which is John Duran versus Crystal Palace. And it goes, oh, what a hit! John Duran! What a first touch and what a finish. You will not see a better goal this weekend. Because that was foul. He hit that violently. That was. It was. He chested was, it down and then yeah. assaulted the ball yeah, into the yeah, back of the exactly. net. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll give credit to Sam Angodos. He scored a very nice volley from the edge of the box for Brentford a couple of weeks ago in the torrential rain. So, chests it, volleys it. So, I feel like just being able to do that when there's all sorts of rain, wind blowing in your face was, was pretty classy what as well. What about your man, and Sharda? I think it's okay. I mean, it's a good goal. Who's a smooth operator in that goal? Yeah, Come I think on. the Godos one is better. The only one of it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> predictably. Predictably. Old man Nick got that one. <laughs> <laughs> Two blank faces yeah. opposite. No, that 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 was good. That was good as well. But yeah. I think God, I think Godos's was better personally. Okay, fair enough. Kiva, Sobberslai against Villa. And Sobberslai. I don't think I'll see a ball this season yes. struck quite as sweetly as that. That was just... I don't think I've seen a ball hit that well at Anfield since, if you remember, the mad Thiago goal against Porto in the Champions League. Oh, the one that sort of skipped yeah. like We still don't know to this day yeah. if that touched the floor or not yeah. on the way in. It was like a glitch, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so that, that's the best goal at Anfield since then. Yeah, OK. That's a great shout. Nick? Uh, possible recency bias, but Sarab- Chris Wood? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, he's some some sensational glancing headers. Yeah. Um, no, Sarabia's goal against Tottenham oh, this this yes. recent weekend. Cunha and Sarabia. You, you, I mean, I, I enjoy a, a sort of thrashed finish from outside the the area as much as anyone, but you goals that you don't the type of goals that you don't see very yeah. often that uh, the ones that kind of stick in your mind and and also it is a sort of niche category of previously relatively terrible players um, scoring brilliant goals because uh, Wol- he is as far as I can tell Wolves fans least favourite player because yeah. he's just been awful since he he joined them with with a sort of relatively lofty reputation but yeah that, that goal was sensational it was a, it was a lovely lovely control and then finish it was wonderful right quick shouts for your moment of the season it's my moment of the season for the wrong reasons but that Man United comeback against Brentford I mean I think they scored their first goal in the 93rd minute and 13 seconds and they somehow won 2-1 yeah. I couldn't speak for 10 the minutes the McTominay show I was honestly just I, I don't know what I've just witnessed 
Kiva moment of the season? Was it traipsing up some raw iron steps looking into someone's <laughs> garden at Kenilworth Road? Or Yeah, it actually yeah. was. Maybe yeah. yours was, I thought yours was going to be meeting that dog. Uh, uh, yeah, it kind of be Jeffrey. Meeting Jeffrey. Jeffrey the, the dog. dog. For people who aren't aware who Jeffrey the dog is. Jeffrey is a guide dog who has basically a season ticket at Kenilworth Road with his owner, Matt, who I was fortunate enough to meet and went to the pub with them for a pint after the game and, yeah, got to tell their story to the world and that was just the best thing ever. So, I mean, I've missed some games this season but I've had some really lovely moments like that and also I'm just, like, never going to ever do anything as sweet and as beautiful as that story, to be honest. So, it's all downhill from here. Wholesome stuff. Nick? Uh, well, I'll follow that up by saying the the VAR thing, the the uh, well done boys, good process thing. You'll go from the sub- sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah, it's to the yeah. to the wholesome to um, to one of the most absurd moments of the season. So yeah, I'll but go with I that. will. I I think that's a good, it's a good shout. But I would also say, in defence of the officials, I think it has actually been fascinating to hear what goes on and I think it's actually been a really positive thing to be able to hear more and hopefully they can then integrate that into the match experience so we get a little bit more information a bit more clarity and everyone's not just hanging around going what the is going on that would be great um quick shouts on managers to get sacked first I feel like I've been sticking to this uh line for ages but I just feel something is going wrong with company so I say keep an eye on that okay company not Rob Edwards. Of course not Rob Edwards. Sorry, just wanted to talk about Luton again. Um, it does feel like Heckenbottom just because they're there and I don't know. Yeah, but but again, it doesn't feel like it. I feel like is anyone, there was a few weeks ago when I was like, I think I think every club's kind of okay with the manager and we might, will this be a season where we actually don't see anyone get sacked or lose the job? I don't know. Nick? I'm gonna sort of emotionally hedge here by so, so when it actually does happen, I can seek some sort of solace yeah. in knowing that I was right. But Steve Cooper, okay. I will be, you know, screaming into a pillow. But at least I, I can say I was right on the Athletic Football po- Podcast. And that Clough, will... Clough will come to your um, to your to your comfort though yeah just to clarify for the listener Clough is my cat <laughs> yes I'm not yes. like it's like not the ghost of Brian Clough not the bro- no. ghost of Brian Clough or bizarrely Nigel Clough no uh, coming from Mansfield to comfort no. me no but well, uh, that would be great Nigel if you're listening uh, when yeah. Steve Cooper does get sacked can you come and give me a cuddle yeah I live in South London a um, cluffy cuddle yeah so f- <clears throat> free free parking outside uh, our house so yeah that's not going to be a problem Fantastic. Uh, do we want to make any picks for player of the season or is it just far too early? Um, no, it's good fun. I think Madison is, again, probably one of the leading candidates in, in that conversation. Any other randoms that you've got? It feels like it will be Ellen Harland eventually, but then that almost feels boring. And then Salah's just there doing his thing again. And it's almost like, can we overlook them just because they're really good and like give it to someone else? Uh, I mean, Salah is is my actual choice but Douglas Louise has been phenomenal mm-hmm. great shot at, at Aston Villa as well um, so yeah you've just you've just planted yourself in hipster corner there well Douglas done. Louise yeah that's, no. not, that's not that hipster that's well, not no, but it it's compa- not that compared to Harland and Salah and uh, that sort of stuff maybe yeah, yeah but I think Louise has hit levels this year that we've not seen him hit before Although, although he is scoring goals because he's taking penalties, but uh, that's irrelevant. That's another story. Um, there is one here for surprise package, but I don't really think that anyone surprised anyone in particular, have they? Um, I would say Everton. I really thought they'd be um, struggling a little bit more. 
And um, didn't they lose their first three games of the season in a row? Yeah. Um, but they, they never were, go down. They were outperforming. They were doing really well on XG, but were just were not scoring goals. Um, and then now, all of a sudden, they seem to have turned it around with your man, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, as you said earlier. They're A-OK. Is Anyone it, else as well? Wolves. Wolves. They have is it well. not Aston Villa, though? Yeah, prob- it's probably. It's pretty is incredible, Villa, like, having watched them this season. They are so good. Yeah. But I suppose they were they were also pretty good last season, whereas yeah, at the start of the season... But just, it really feels like something different. It feels more exciting and thrilling and, like, they could actually really challenge for the top four. Yeah, on the walls, at some point, we probably do need to start saying Gary O'Neill was a good manager. Yeah. Oh. Feels like he's still <clears throat> being very disrespected for what he's done at Bournemouth and, and Wolves. It'd just take a few more PowerPoint presentations on Monday Night Football for him to, <laughs> to persuade us that he's brilliant. Yeah, that was a good moment of the yeah. season so far, wasn't it? Um, okay, brilliant. Thank you very much, Jay, Kiva and Nick. I've enjoyed that. Have you all enjoyed just having a little stop and think? Loved it. Always. Excellent. Kiva? Yeah, it's been nice to not be on the move. Still point in a turning world. Very good. Lovely. Um, And on all of these categories that we've discussed, it's well worth you commenting on this episode of the podcast. Drop in your comments. Just say who you think is the player of the season so far, your moment of the season, goal of the season, all that sort of stuff. Drop it in and we will uh, digest them and we will reflect on them next week. When Io is going to be back, he will be here on Monday and then I will be back with the Premier League return next Friday and our regular weekend preview. Thank you very much for listening. You can sign up to The Athletic now for £1.99 in pounds or dollars a month for an entire year at theathletic.com forward slash football pod. Enjoy your international break and thank you very much for listening. The Athletic.